It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Misery Monday on the Team 980, driven by your local Honda dealer. Experience power, performance, and ruggedness with Honda. See your local Honda dealer today. Although, you know, considering the moves made, some people might consider this a victory Monday. We should not celebrate people getting fired, even if we can be analysts and acknowledge it was the right move. At least that's what I think. Let's find out what Michael Phillips thinks on this Monday. Today's top story from the perspective of someone who's there. You are looking live. This just in. Not my beat. Michael Phillips, 910 The Fan in Richmond, which you can listen to on the free Odyssey app, 10 a.m. to noon weekdays. Also read him at Washington or and the Washington Times. Miguel, how was your Thanksgiving, sir? Ah, lovely. Enjoyed some some food, some television, all the good things. Uh, watched uh, Dak eat a turkey leg in a premeditated celebration that caused the firing of Jack Del Rio, and then uh, moved on to college football. Yeah, that's. Uh, I didn't move on to college football. I just, I just basked. Uh, I don't say basked in the glory of whatever that it was, but uh, just kind of sat in it. And then actually, I didn't. I just forgot about. It. I was like, you know what? I'm not working. I'll think about this on Monday. And here we are. It's Monday now. Um, what do you make of the move? Like to an extent, it's got to be looked at as rearranging the deck chairs, deck chairs on the Titanic, but I also think it would, they definitely had to do it. So where do you kind of fall on the, uh, the decision and, and what it actually means? Yeah. Titanic can't sink for six more weeks. So, uh, you know, <laughs> might, might as well keep yourself busy doing something. Uh, I, I think the Turkey leg was a big part of it, right? I, I think the preference was to not do anything, just, just to find a way to, you know, duct tape this thing together, get it to the finish line, get to the end of the year, and then clean house, uh, you know, quietly uh, like the rest of the league does today after the season. Uh, That was not possible, of course, uh, when your rival is eating turkey legs on national television because they knew they were going to beat you so badly they could spend the short week preparing celebrations instead of preparing for your defense, which was not very good, and is 32nd in the league in points allowed. Uh, that's the sort of thing that requires immediate action. They had to take immediate action. Uh, we've discussed, and I, I think we're on the same page here. There are no viable or good choices to be interim head coach. And, and I say that uh, knowing and acknowledging Eric Bieniemy would be the best choice among the group. But I think there are very compelling reasons why he should be working on the actual most important thing, which is developing Sam Howell and, Uh, I think certainly we can point to moments in the game, fourth and one, where Brian Robinson runs into Jahan Dotson as proof that Eric Biennemi has more work to do on the offensive side of the ball, and it would not be productive to elevate him to head coach at this time. Uh, And so I think this was the best option you had left. No, I agree uh, with that. I definitely would not make a head coach move at this point. I would just trust that Ron can safely land the plane. Of course, if they lose by a Dolphins-Broncos score to the Dolphins, perhaps you have to reconsider. But um, at the end of the day, I think this was the move. And I, I, the one thing that I'm curious about, Michael, always when there's a move like this, is like Ron's now going to do things differently, which is good. I think they can play better defensively down the stretch because it is very clear watching this defense that it got a bunch of dudes who don't know what the hell they're supposed to do. And by simplifying it down so that Ron can actually call this thing, uh, he will inevitably make it simpler for the players and, as he said in his press conference today, allow them to play fast. But he has been steadfast in saying that he approved of all the things that Jack was doing. It just didn't work, so we had to fire him. 
Like, how how hands-on has Ron been in trying to fix it before it got to this point versus just being like, Jack, trust you to fix it. Trust you to fix it. Okay, uh, he ate a turkey leg. You got to go now. Yeah, that was, we played the whole exchange there with uh, with Kaim on my show where they, you know, we need to change some things. So what are you going to change? Well, wait, I, I'm not going into that, but things are going to change. Oh, you just like the way it worked. I did not say that. I love Jack. He's a good guy, and I approve of everything he tried to do. Okay, buddy. All right. Um, at this point, if I were Ron Rivera, I'd probably just cut a check to the league and say, whatever you're going to find me for not doing press conferences the rest of the way, here's the money, give it to a nice charity. Uh, I got nothing to gain by doing this. I'm, I'm just going to quietly uh, ride out my ride on the Titanic from, from my nice comfy chair in my office. I have nothing to gain by speaking out loud. That would be what I would do if I were Ron Rivera. Um, I, you Michael, know, I, Michael, you remember that you're not just doing a radio show anymore, that you're a reporter who actually goes to these press conferences, right? Yeah, and, and I, you know, I feel for the guy. I feel for the guy <laughs> because he's got – we all know the score. We all uh-huh. know what's going to happen. Uh-huh. We all see what's going on. And what are you going to say? What are you going to – like, you're not going to throw your friend under the bus? All right, that, that's noble. But you also can't say my friend did a good job. He didn't do a good job. He did a really bad job, actually. Um, and we all see it. Um, right. Well, that gets to the crux of my not, question is like, not why are questions? Why didn't these they were not gotcha fix questions? It? Yeah. Well, right. These are not gotcha questions from an unfair media. Like here's John Kime, like a, pro, a, a professional at a professional outlet. His question right. was like, what's up with that? Like, wait, the thing you're saying doesn't make sense. Like these are all legitimate questions that Ron either can't or won't answer. At this juncture, we've got we, so we we just kind of hit the wall here, right? We're running around in the circus. We've got to change things. Oh, is that because things are going bad? I did not say that. I stand by my friend and everything he did. So you think the things he did are good? Absolutely not. We're changing everything. Um, we we supposed to do with that? We're we're just going to run around in circles on that around and around. Now, to go back to your first point, there, my big fear here, Craig, uh, with with this change of putting Ron Rivera in charge of calling the defense, my biggest fear is that they might beat the Rams and, and the Jets. Like, I don't think they'll beat the Dolphins. The Dolphins are good. They might roll off a two-game heater here because uh, the Rams and the, and, the, and the Jets are both kind of beatable. And I agree some marginal improvement could open the door to this offense, maybe even being able to do some more things. That's bad. That's a no. Like, you got a top-five draft pick. Protect this thing. Yeah, I mean – that well, that gets to like the next question, which is like, what do you actually have in house? And this this is something I talked about earlier. Is you know, obviously draft pick, you got to figure that out. That's probably going on the like the top five one. It's probably going on the offensive side, unless you, you have a pass rusher fall to you, and you know you need one of those. Uh, so there's there's that. Unless I guess you spend big on uh, on it in free agency. But I want to know how the rest of these guys can play defensively. And I don't have a clue. And I actually think that. We've gone too far the other way from being this is a talented group that's underperforming to, oh, actually, we overrated the talent. I have no idea how good they are. Like, they're so poorly coached. I legitimately have no idea if Jamin Davis, Benjamin St. Juice, on down the list, is a good football player. Like, is John Allen just not that good now? I refuse to believe that that could possibly be the case. And so, uh, like, the draft pick, yes, very important. But I think it's also very important to be able to understand what you have in-house. And by continuing to have Jack Del Rio and Brett Visselmeyer on this coaching staff, you were not going to be able to do that. That's fair, and you can argue that's the Chase Young story, uh, you know, on his way out. Like, you know, what what would it have looked like if he had had better leadership? You know, would he still be here? Uh, you know, you've got small stakes and big stakes within that discussion. 
small stakes, Percy Butler. He'll, he'll be here next year. Um, I, I feel confident in saying that. Um, but do you pencil him in uh, as, you know, a guy who can play some stamps for you next year? Or do you say, all right, he is a guy who can, who can develop under a new coach and we'll see what he is. You know, that's something you need to see. Then you've got your big stakes. Cam Curl is a big stakes decision, right? Like, I think Cam Curl is worth signing to, to a big long-term contract. Um, but there's a difference between think and no, and, and you've got a new group that's going to be coming in that won't get to kick the tires on him themselves. Those are big decisions. Like, when you commit that kind of money to a player, that, that alters your franchise in, in a good or bad way the trajectory you're going. Uh, and so you're absolutely right. The opportunity to put guys in positions to make plays, which hasn't happened yet, is pretty important here down the stretch and, you know, on, on both sides of the ball, but particularly on the defensive side of the ball, there's a lot of guys you need to figure out about. And uh, I would argue that extends to the line as well. Casey Tuhill, what's, what's your offseason value for a Casey Tuhill, a guy who's going into a contract year? KJ Henry, is he a starter? He might be a starter. Um, is he the kind of guy you you can ride with going into next year, though, as a, a 60% snap share guy? Uh, those are hard questions to answer when the unit is coached as badly as it was being coached. Right. Uh, you know, literally every defensive end that they had coming into the year that was not a rookie was in a contract year. They've already traded away two of them. Uh, James and Casey and F.A. Uh, are in contract years, and then you got the rookies uh, that are here as well. Michael Phillips with us. From the uh, 910 The Fan and the Washington Times here on the Hoffman Show. All right, so the most important thing, though, as much as the defense has stolen the headlines, um, which is their only takeaway of the year. Hey-oh! Anthony, we actually need a good rim shot. That's It's really a shame that we don't have that, considering the continual uh, poor level of my jokes. Anyway, the point I was gonna is... Say, why, why, don't you, why don't you get some good jokes and then get a good rim shot? Wow. Ba-dum. Yeah. Okay, that's um, that was totally fair. Um, so Sam, <laughs> Sam Howell, uh, I I am getting to the point that I don't really know what to make of him either because I feel like he has improved and the offense has regressed. Do you uh, do you share any of those feelings? I don't even know if those feelings are accurate. That's why they're feelings, not facts. Well, and you know, a quality of competition uh, is really important and. Uh, he's going to be facing it here down the stretch, right? The Cowboys are really good defensively. Uh, those teams I mentioned, who I do think are beatable, uh, you know, have some good Jets defense is legit. 49ers, I don't have to tell you how good their defense is. And another round with the Cowboys, um, which could be telling if the Cowboys are still playing for something. I think it's very possible that's a repeat of Week 18 last year where we all leave feeling good after an empty calorie win of some sort. Um, you know, the, the, as the defenses get better, life will get harder for Sam Howell. I also think there was a lot of like, hey, the offensive line is fixed. Uh, hang up the mission accomplished banner. Job well done. Strike up the band. I don't know that that was ever the case. I, you know, I, I think there were scheme adjustments and personnel adjustments, which bought them a little time. But I, I don't know that you can scheme adjust and personnel adjust your way out of the kinds of things the Cowboys are doing and the kinds of things the Cowboys did to bring down Sam, Sam Howell this weekend. So I, I think the sacks are still a concern. You know, Chris Paul, for example, I, I think Chris Paul, you know, certainly brought an elevated level of play and energy to that position when they put him in for Sadiq Charles. But I, I think he's prone to mistakes still. And I don't think he's, he's a polished professional football player yet. Over time, those things show over a period of multiple weeks, those things show on the tape. 
And as a result of that, you get over time back getting back to allowing more sex. So you add in a high, a high caliber competition. And I think what you get is what you saw on Thursday, a team that was, was outclassed on the offensive side of the ball by the Cowboys as well. Well, that's the thing with this offense is like Sam is playing a lot better. And the reason the sack totals were astronomical earlier this year is because the O-line was playing kind of like this and Sam didn't know how to deal with it. He knows how to deal with it now. And so instead of giving up 10 sacks, it's five. And somehow that's a good day. Um, But I also like from a play calling standpoint and, and they still haven't figured out how to get Terry involved consistently. The run game is all over the place. Like I just... It just feels like Sam goes out and is playing a lot of backyard football at times or is running around throwing sidearm, and that's that's the their best stuff. Where earlier in the year, there was this feeling that the scheme is really elevating a lot of what they're doing. And I don't know whether I've just adjusted to the scheme or whether it, it just feels like they've defense has adapted and there's never been a next turn of the page to get to you know adjustments to the adjustments. And it may also speak to just how bad the Scott Turner era was, that you know the, the scheme that looked so great, with Scott uh, compared to Scott Turner's. And then over time, you know, you start to see, you know, some flaws in what's going on here. I asked Ron Rivera about Eric Bieniemy on Friday. He said, these are growing pains. You would expect that. My first year as a coordinator, uh, you know, we, we had some ups and downs as well. He's just going through some, you know, something he's going to work through and he's going to get him to the other side, which I thought was an acknowledgement that it's not where they want to be, which, which is kind of, you know, part one, admitting you have a problem or whatever it is, you know, the first step. It's an acknowledgement this offense isn't where they want it to be and isn't where they need it to be. Um, it's a, there's a third of the season left. Um, there's lots of time to change minds, to change opinions, um, and, and that's, what, that's what he's here to do, right? He's here to pr- – Eric Bieniemy. he's here to prove he can be an NFL coach, and he's here to prove he can lead a team on his own over an NFL season. Well, he's been leading them on his own, but he's really leading them on his own now because Ron Rivera is full-time with the defense now. This is this is the moment, right? And I'm I'm not going to commit to either lane today, like either he can or he can't. I'm just going to commit to the. That's a great reason to turn on your television and watch these games. That's a great reason to come out to FedEx and watch these games. These are sink or swim games for him against quality defenses with personnel that is adequate but not spectacular. Well, that that's how you make your name in the NFL, right? Sean McVay is not a legendary coach or on his way to becoming a, a great coach because he took, you know, one of the most expensive rosters of all time and won a Super Bowl. That was great, obviously. He's a, he's a great coach because he's, he's taking this Rams team and leading them to victories because of what he did with some spare parts in D.C. when he was running that offense. That's where you make your name as an NFL coordinator and an NFL play caller. He's got the chance to do that here. It's also a great reason to turn on your radios or download the free Odyssey app and listen to fantastic analysis of the old Mandos on 910 The Fan from 10 a.m. to noon each and every day. MP on the mic. Uh, Of course, the Hoffman Show, we try to do a decent job as well. Sometimes we succeed, but we never make good jokes. Uh, Michael Phillips, everybody, with us on Mondays. Michael, thank you very much, sir. Uh, We will talk to you next Monday after whatever happens against Miami. And I'll see you Sunday in the press box. See you Sunday. I look forward to it. See you Sunday. If you know, you know. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, That is Michael Phillips with us here on the Hoffman Show. When we get back, some more thoughts on that conversation following up on the two coordinators. Then we'll go around the NFL at 530.